This week, we'll be talking about Epic and LEGO teaming up for Metaverse, the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary announcement, LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, and more on Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Nailing It on the First Shot. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? The mother, formerly known as... Oh, I like the, the break in there. That was... Could have gone a different direction completely. Who else is here? Uh, Jordan, a.k.a. JXBot, a.k.a. Boss Naz. Anyone get that? Anna Menace? I mean, I know what that typically means. Uh, <laughs> I am a Boss Nass fan. <laughs> I'm more of a Dexter Jexter fan. Ooh, deep cuts. <laughs> and last up, who was that? Uh, this is Avery, who's technically only half here because uh, we decided to record this during VCT. So I'll try my best. AKA Sickums. No, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, that's us. Press X Star Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. With that being said, and before we jump into our quick hits, we are going to just give you a little rundown about what happened to us as a show, us as a property. Sean, what happened yesterday? We got bamboozled. We got led astray. We were hoodwinked. <laughs> okay. No, we were honored by uh, DC Webfest with a silver award as well as a local hero award. Heck yeah. I'm not sure who we saved, but uh, you're welcome, citizen. Hey, hey, hey. We saved a lot of people. Peoples. Peoples? Beautiful work. Peoples. Plural. They and them are their pronouns. There you go. I like that. Right. I like that. Yeah, so um, as Sean said, um, I think we, we made an announcement a few podcasts ago that we were nominated for the DC WebFest X, which is their 10th anniversary. And as Sean said as well, we won the Silver Award and the Local Hero Award. And it's so awesome. And we are so grateful to just be recognized in any kind of way. You know, we were joking around about how we were trying to go for gold and we didn't get it, but I say second place is actually better than first place because everyone looks at the person in first place, but the second place person, they get to do whatever they want. We get to do whatever we want. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, I see what we got to do to get gold DC Web Fest. Don't worry, that uh, swimsuit calendar is coming out soon. <laughs> uh, the world can only be so blessed. <laughs> I'm already talking to Mark about it anyway, so we, we're good. We're good on the uh, photographer. Oh, we'll be doing a photographer. Yes, Mark hey, is a good photographer. Hey, hey. hey, whatever it takes to get golden, okay? We want everyone to look at us. Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, again, I just want to, I guess we want to just formally thank DC WebFest and, you know, the people who put that together and, you know, yeah, thank you so much. All right, with that being said, now let us jump into the quick hits. Avery, what do you got for us for today? 
Uh, well, right now I'm watching Team Liquid versus Crew Esports, and what started with a 5-5 half has eventually morphed into Liquid just stomping Crew on Fracture. I wasn't sure that the Neon pick was going to work out, but it turns out that agent is still super busted. So I'll, I'll get back to my actual job now. Avery, Avery, you'd be an excellent sportscaster. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like that shoutcast. That was awesome. I'm good. <laughs> Man, go ahead and commentate on Twitch on the games, dude. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, back to what I was actually supposed to do before <laughs> me talking about Valorant. Get- that was actually really, really good. Yeah, I was going to say, that was like fucking John Madden levels. Yeah. From what I understood of that, that was really impressive. They, there was words. You know what's really impressive? The current Valorant stream on Twitch has 56k views. Okay, this is a group stage. We need to hack into them and um, <laughs> just put press act to start everywhere. <laughs> right now, Ten, the most popular Valorant player, has 68k views on his watch party of the Valorant tournament. So, oh wow! So when I talk about how insane esports can be, <laughs> those are the type of numbers you need to be pulling in. Our first story, uh, before I went on my Valorant tangent, is mm. from The Verge, and it's from Jay Peters. Ubisoft is done creating new content for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, even if you bought an NFT. F you, customer. So this is a story in two parts. One, Ubisoft is shutting down uh, a development on Breakpoint. Uh, they're sunsetting it, probably to make a new Ghost Recon game, which will be the same game, but in a different setting. Uh, as someone who's a Ubisoft fan of most of their titles, that doesn't really bother me if I'm into the actual uh, gameplay loop of the system. Like, you could put Far Cry in fucking my basement and I will play that game but I generally have fun playing Far Cry but like there's nothing you can do with putting let's say for me uh Ghost Recon game in a different setting doesn't really change the gameplay loop for me of how I want to play those things that's not a hero there so it's it we're probably gonna get a new one the most interesting thing is a breakpoint was the game that they started their NFT uh how, how yes. do I say this delicately? Grift. Uh, so, <laughs> and lo and behold, the promise everything you earn will have inherent value isn't true because, hey, they're shutting down the game and they're not even doing the bare minimum of saying, hey, the NFTs you earned in this game can be now transferred to X game, which is what all the NFT bros were fucking talking about from the very beginning. Yep. Wildlands is a good game, and I'm so sad they, to see it they go They're about to give you some GameStop trading credits for them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> if that. Yeah, but like, I, I think this is a very good wake-up call for anyone who is like, oh, no, 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 NFTs are the future. NFTs are the future. Like, we should mm-hmm. definitely put them in video games. Like, just to see, like, yeah, no, like, you can put your money into these different kinds of microtransactions, but at the end of the day, it dies when that game dies. It yep. can be. The issue is people don't know what to do with it yet. I don't know if you remember when Twitter first launched and people were just talking to thin air. They didn't quite know how or what to do with it until I think like the plane crashed in the Hudson River, you know, and that was like a big turning mm. point where people realized, hey, I could use it for, you know, breaking news and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. The, the, the main thing with NFTs is trying to associate these electronic goods into actual assets like yeah. like determining their value based on the u.s dollar you know like the euro um the chinese yuan. um it's yeah it, yeah it's it's anarchy it's, it's it's elon musk's wet dream the issue is everybody saw how bitcoin jumped and everybody's 
trying not to miss out on the next big quote unquote Bitcoin thing. Mm-hmm. So they're forcing Web 3.0 and Metaverse this and it's not coming out organically. Mm-hmm. Like, at least the way that I see it, in order for NFTs to really work in the game industry, it would have to be something of Epic puts the N- NFT software into Unreal 5. So yeah. anyone who has Unreal 5 can access the NFT software and build out whatever assets that has mm-hmm. the NFT software attached to it. So yeah, so anyone else can access that same yes. level software. But like if you just put it in one game and then you're just like, all right, well, we're done with this, and they move to the next game, it's just like You're trying well, are you trying to federalize the NFT banking systems there? Are you, what is what I it's, I it's, it's, it is fertile ground. We don't need any oversight or any type of uniform standard best practices. What are you talking about? I, I would trust Steam or Epic to kind of oversee something like that. I, I may be getting a text message right now about um, my additional funds coming in. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm big NFT. I'm just saying I'm medium NFT. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Avery. Cool beans. Next story, uh, <laughs> uh, your Valorant update. So Team Liquid has crushed crew on Fracture. It was a 5-13 half. I don't know how that happened. The first half when Liquid was on attack, they were so neck and neck with crew, and now it just shut them out. I need to really do some VOD reviews on how Neon works on Fracture, because I'm thinking that's the key. Those stuns. Anyway, our second story is from The Verge, also from Jay Peters. Uh, SNK is now almost entirely owned by the Saudi Crown Princess Foundation. Uh, SNK Corporation, developer of the games like Metal Slug and Fatal Fury, is now nearly entirely owned by a subsidiary of the Saudi Crown Princess Foundation. Electric gaming development company EGDC, which is owned by Mohammed bin Salman. Mm-hmm. I think Salman. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah, Salman. Foundation, MIF. 96.18% of SNK shares, according to a February 15th filing on SNK's website. Mm. Yeah, this, this is wild, but... Um, How much did it cost? Uh, I mean, they just have money to throw around. So this was actually explained to me in a very interesting and like... It's, it's the future buyout thing. They're, as far as I'm aware of, they're not uh, investing... This is just me reading the tea leaves. A DJ might have more insight than this. As far as I can tell, they're not investing in this because they believe they can make money off of SNK's games. Mm-hmm. They're investing in it in the idea that someone will eventually buy SNK and they will get a yeah. large buyout from that. Yeah. It's assets. So, it's just moving assets around. Yeah. So so my insight is on more like I think Avery just gave a good idea of why they're doing this. I guess my insight is more so on why the move of Mohammed bin Salman, like just jumping to games for all the other industries that they could put money in. It's a subsidiary of that like the Saudi kingdom, essentially. Like yes. it's a subsidiary and it's just a line item for them to buy and trade. They're like, oh, this is up for sale. We're going to hold it for a second. And if another gaming company that is actually in the industry themselves wants to buy it, it's our asset to sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason why this is happening is that um, the, the Saudi company is really big into oil. And as we all know, global warming, like we need to reduce our carbon footprint, all that stuff. And 
this is working against them in terms of like, okay, well, we got to figure out where else we can make our money because if you read the tea leaves, we're not going to be able to make money off of oil for much longer. So there's a whole world of oil that is being produced there, not just for car use. A lot of oil goes goes into crude and the plastics and stuff like that. But to your point, a significant amount is going into actual, you know, engines and cars and stuff. But yeah. Right, right. But it's it's the whole idea of like, all right, well, we need to figure out how to move now to prevent money loss in the future, essentially. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. That was, it was interesting. All right, Ari, what's next? Next up is from IGN. This is from Matt Perslow. Epic Games and Lego are working together to create a child-safe metaverse space. Uh, so as uh, NFTs were so last year, this year it's all about the metaverse and what that means. And everyone's ignoring the fact that Epic already created a metaverse and it's called Fortnite, and it yep. is ridiculous. Uh, and that's where the kids are. <laughs> <laughs> Sean knows he's been uh, he's been beating kids all week. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) In game, beating kids in Fortnite. In game. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. (laughs) They're in Roblox. Well, that's the thing. Like the the hierarchy of where kids are hanging out. It's I want to say it's Minecraft. Then it's Fortnite. But at the top is fucking Roblox. And yeah. Roblox, there is no Roblox is a oversight. child game where there's no oversight, and they and they make money from kids' work. I, I was I was uh, at a child's birthday party like uh, Friday before I saw Sonic Two and First, Sean. You need to clarify why were you at a child's birthday party? Because <laughs> my wife's friend's son's birthday was that day. We're going to see a. Uh, Sonic 2. But I asked him what he was playing on his phone. He's playing Roblox. And I was just like, all right. <laughs> sure, man. Do you listen to the podcast, son? <laughs> One of my most immoral failings in life is when my, my dad, who's into investing, asked me about Roblox like two years ago and asked if it was worth investing. And I'm like, huh, I don't know. And I moved on. Oh, mm. I mean, it's y'all could have been Roblox. rich. <laughs> oh, dude, I could have been rich two times over. I could have used my GameStop money to invest in my Roblox money, and then, oh man, can you imagine? Oh my gosh, we've dude, we've dude. covered Roblox in the yeah. past, and like the yeah. various issues associated with that is like it's it is a very dangerous. Like, I mean, there are many dark spaces in Roblox. It is like this. Um, <clears throat> the way it was created, how it was created. But this new Epic Leo game feels like there could be more safety associated with it for these kids to actually create fun things. Like, it, Roblox just fed off of its anarchy for its success. And its anarchy allowed for just dangerous experiences for children, which, you know, are there's numerous amount of instances to which that's happened. Yeah. Uh, so I have some important reading for people who want to know more about Roblox. There's a, a gamingindustry.biz article that refers to a people make games, uh, sort of investigative journalism about the Roblox ecosystem and how it's deeply fucked up and no one really cares about it because A, it's for kids. It looks like a kid's game. So no adults looking at this and saying, oh, this is problematic. 
Yeah. Um, so not to not to do the whole, oh, my God, video games are violence. Let me just look at this article and like, look at that. That's a that, that's an article about violence in video games. So there's this article about Roblox that's titled Roblox, the children's game with a sex problem. And if you scroll out just a little bit, the, <laughs> the line that's bolded is that a naked man wearing a dog collar and a lead is led across the floor by a woman in a bondage outfit. Two strippers dancing next to a bar. So, uh, about the whole not having any oversight in this game, it's definitely a problem. Oh, and actually, if you jump down about two lines past that, and it says one man's wearing a Nazi uniform. So, there's there's things happening in this game that uh, we're honestly just missing out being adults and not hip with it. So... I'm gonna go sign up for a Roblox account and see what's really happening in this in this thing. Go ahead with that, man. I mean, it's just I'm just glad that like a company like Lego's coming in to like provide at least some of the yeah uh, benefits of Roblox, but it's not like this fucking you know shady ass bullshit um, yeah. that Roblox currently is. So and I also name like, recognition, Lego. Like Epic plus Lego is like that is such a match made in heaven for content and mm. like quality so that's the, yeah. whatever they produce is definitely yeah. going to be good my only worry is how they're going to like i, I opened it for saying that epic already has their own metaverse it's called fortnite mm. and fortnite already has some building capabilities in my head the perfect sequence is that they involve lego into the brand of fortnite and build it from there because then you have two separate metaverses competing with each other one you own outright and then the other one you share a partnership with another group that's a good point yeah i didn't think about the competition of it and it that would be weird for epic but yeah that's a good point yeah okay uh sticking on the epic train this is from uh gamespot the uh, number one uh, website for not being the number one website for Elden Ring content. This is from Darren, uh, I want to say Bonthus. I'm going to call it that. So uh, I guess the first live stream showcase in the summer game mess that we're now going to go through once again was Epic doing the State of Unreal, which was them just doing a showcase on the Unreal Engine 5, which they've been doing pretty much every year since they uh debuted it with that really insane playstation tech demo where like where we sort of understood what the power of the playstation 5 could be combined with what the power of unreal engine 5 is it was essentially a 45 minute to hour long press conference that was mostly talking about the tools for unreal engine 5 such as their meta faces uh situation where allows them to build realistic npcs uh a lot of lighting and texture work that they were showing off it was not the most I would say games audience focused press conference, but if you're interested in games and like how they're built, especially with Unreal Engine 5 going forward being one of the most ubiquitous engines around, that's a good showcase to watch. The interesting thing, however, in it was Epic pretty much came out and said, hey, we're working with 50 game studios who are currently now working using Unreal Engine 5. And as a direct result, they showed off a bit of the games that they were working on. Uh, a lot of them are like, games of non factors and grains to like the greater gaming space but like have more uh overseas appeal but we eventually got some interesting tidbits about hey there's going to be a uh new gears of war game uh which is not surprising based on the lineage of the studio who makes gears of war the coalition coalition being like pretty much an offshoot of 
epic when Epic's like, yeah, we're not going to make Gears of War for Microsoft anymore. Microsoft's like, well, we need Gears of the franchise, so let's just take some of those developers and make the coalition. Um, we also, Fortnite, which we had a conversation uh, a while ago where we were playing Fortnite, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a new E5. Dude, it's like, it is? And I'm like, I think it's been an idiot since it came out on PS5. Mm. Uh, Redfall, this has probably been confirmed when it was announced, but this is like a, hey, this game is going to be an Unreal Engine 5. Senua Saga, Hellblade 2, we already knew that. Microsoft showed off their tech demo. They announced that they were doing Unreal Engine 5, so there's another that. Uh, the most interesting thing in here, however, was that, hey, we're making a new Tomb Raider game, guys, which goes into our next story, which is from IGN. This is from uh, Matt Kim. During the state of Unreal, the new Tomb Raider game developed on Unreal Engine 5 is announced. This was a surprise. Also, dagger in the heart for all you Avengers fans. We'll see. We'll see. Things aren't looking yeah. good. <laughs> Things aren't looking good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there, there, there was a separate story for that second part there, Avery, about at least State of Avengers right there. Yeah. I mean, I still mm-hmm. log on. I still put in a couple hours every once in a while because I'm still trying to get that fucking platinum trophy. But, like, things aren't looking good. But anyway, uh, yeah, they announced it, which is interesting because with what, what actually is interesting about this the most is Crystal is also working on Perfect Dark. Yeah, Perfect Dark with Microsoft. And then they're still developing quote unquote Avengers. And now they're also saying they're in pre production on a new uh, Tomb Raider game. So we'll see where the shoe dropped with their development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the previous, at least terms like Tomb Raider, the recent trilogy that came out, like we had opinions on, you know, how it ended. Uh, at least I had opinions on how it ended. I just wonder with this new Tomb Raider game, like, are they going? It's going to be a continuation of that Laura Croft's going to be a remake. It's going to be her later on. You know, I don't think they specified. I think the writer just said she wants her to have less father issues. Okay, well, didn't know she had it. In the first I mean, that was not the problem with that franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody sees stuff differently. Yeah, no, I, I just, I just remember that Bader kind of brutal at the end of it. I was like, what the hell? I get that. In a modern context, I, I understand the creative decision to wrest any male influence from the character of Laura Croft. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the issue with those games. The first yeah. one is a super surprising, really good game. The second yeah. one is a video game. Like, it's fun to play, but like... Video game ass video game. It doesn't do anything dynamically interesting or new. And in the third game, Crystal Dynamic didn't even develop. And I will say that game ended really good. Mm-hmm. But like... They shot themselves in the foot with number two being Xbox only. And then by that time, no one gave a shit about three, especially in a world where the Uncharted games are still doing exceedingly well. So I'm, mm-hmm. I have confidence, if, the, if this is a reboot, I have confidence that Crystal Dynamic is going to put on something good. If this is a continuation, I'm less interested because I will ultimately say the things that made me the most uninterested about these modern two Raider games Where's the world that Laura Croft existed in? I just found it increasingly boring. I found a supporting cast uninteresting. Like, let's make these direct comparisons with Uncharted. In a world where Nathan's hanging out with Chloe, uh, Sully, Nadine, uh, uh, even Cutter, and Sam, all those characters. Like, Laura's was like fucking Jonah. And like, I can say Jonah, and probably most people won't tell you who Jonah is, why he's important to this character, and what's his entire deal. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for more Tomb Raider because I think I'm really interested in what Crystal Dynamics as a studio can do. Yeah. Yeah. Our last story 
This is from uh, Kotaku, and this is going to be from Ethan Gotch. Remedy is remaking Max Payne 1 and 2 inside the control engine. This is interesting. I, I, I think I might be the only one on this cast who has not played Max Payne. Possibly. I've only played Max Payne 3. Same oh, here. Okay. I didn't play it either. Oh, well, then never mind. Here, I thought I was the... You're not special, DJ. <laughs> the most interesting thing about this story is less because I'm not a Max Payne fan, so like this is if they remake this in the control engine and like the game's getting an overhaul, like mechanically, creatively, and all that, I'll check it out because I love Remedy. But like if it's if this is just like a GTA collection, a, like remaster kind of a thing, I'm like I'm not that interested in this because like old game is old. Mm, unless trophies are involved, and maybe I will go back. We'll see. But. Yeah. Most interesting thing about this is this is like the fourth game that Remedy is currently working on. Yeah, and Alan Wake 2. And another control. Yeah, yeah mul- it was supposed to be multiplayer control, right? Yeah, they're making another control, and then they're working on a multiplayer thing for control. Oh, That's crazy. Then they're also having a new game called The Condor. That's the working title for, which may or may not be the control uh, multiplayer. And then there's oh. Vanguard, which they're making with Tencent. Dang. And that's not even talking about Crossfire X, which they say they're done on, but that game is still yet to be launched. That game was cheeks. Ass-tastic. <laughs> Ass-tastic. Poison is what I would rate that game. Poison. Poison. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, that has been the quick hits. And now let us jump into the heavy hitter. So this comes from IGN's Adam Bankhurst. Kingdom Hearts 4 and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link announced at the series 20th anniversary event. Um, so as that title says, there has been some Kingdom Hearts news. <laughs> some Kingdom Hearts news. Some, yes. Uh, so the title, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of at a loss because... If you watch the video, there was a YouTube video that, that showed this Kingdom Hearts content and, you know, Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts. So the first half of it was just like, we just need to speed this up to get to the real Kingdom Hearts stuff, which is Kingdom Hearts 4. And we're going to talk about the first half and then talk about Kingdom Hearts 4. So the first half, they show this uh, mobile game that looks like the... Free it, to play. It looks, huh? It's going to be free to play. It's going to be free to play. It's called Kingdom Hearts X Union Dark Road. And then it comes out August 2022. Um, we're not going to talk too much about that because that's a game that none of us will play, even play. though it is free to play. And, and we're just going to skip that. And then there's another game that's coming out that's called Kingdom Hearts Missing Link. That's going to have a closed beta test sometime in 2022. And that game looks more interesting than uh, Dark or Union Dark Road, and less interesting than Kingdom Hearts 4. Union Dark Road. Awesome name there. Union Dark Road, if I remember, is just going to be the final chapter for the Union franchise, which is their mobile, uh, like their free-to-play mobile mobile franchise. If you... Okay. This is why I'm saying I'm playing it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense as to why, like, they only included Kingdom Hearts 4 and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link in the title. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. I will play it the same way that DJ played Death Stranding. <laughs> By watching the cutscenes? 
<laughs> I promise you it will be way less entertaining, Sean. There is no VO in any of the <laughs> any of the cutscenes. We were there when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Sean, you, you got further than Kingdom Hearts 3 than I did. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Out of spite. <laughs> Out of spite. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just, I'm just, just going to be quiet for the rest of this. And I'm going to be there day one for part four. <laughs> With a frown on my face. Just upset. Take my money. The Kingdom Hearts 3 purchase for me is similar to the Elden Ring purchase. I just, I want to be a part of something. Like, I don't want to be left out. And I did it. And I was like, why? I, it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Should have just waited for Game Pass. Which did they come out on, to be honest? But no, I was like, oh, there's no Shot out on Game Pass. Yeah, no. Okay, like, let's jump to Missing Link real quick before we get to Kingdom Hearts Four. So Missing Link, um, this looks kind of similar to like uh, a Pokemon Go. I'm not exactly sure if that's going to be the case because essentially the way that it's built out is. Uh, you're in the main city of, uh, I'm not even going to pronounce the title. Scala Ad Calum. Yes. There you go. There you go. Yes. You're in that city right there. And you play as a character. They didn't name the character. So it's a character it's, in it's, like a. It's a creative character. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense then. Cam will be all over it. <laughs> you're basically going out in the city and you're just fighting um, Heartless and such. And it looks kind of fun. I'm just interested to see what the actual combat uh, mechanics and controls are going to be, because it definitely looks like Kingdom Hearts that we know in console, but on a mobile setting. So I don't know exactly how that's going to control. Well, I mean, yeah, honest question. You know, when it comes like these newer current gen games like, you know, Kingdom Hearts. I mean, would they ever come to either subscription service then either PlayStation Premium or no, I mean, I mean, not at launch. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then I'm gonna buy my sleeper pod and wait for it to come out in 2030 <laughs> on Game Pass. <laughs> and my, my thing is, the more successful this game is, the less chance it will have to be on the subscription service. It's it's not gonna be on there. We'll see. I, it's I mean, I mean, I'm thinking if the uh, it's Kingdom Hearts game, maybe three to four years, possibly two, but that depends on yeah. how the game sales cool. And like how how much money either subscription service and or the publisher of that game holds on that franchise. All right. Now let us talk about Kingdom Hearts 4. Now, this is a trailer. This was a trailer that did a lot for me. And mind you, I was um, pretty whelmed to kind of sour by the time I ended Kingdom Hearts 3. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this. And I saw this trailer. I'm just like, I guess I'm just going to be a part of this for the rest of my goddamn life. <laughs> I mean, I said that when I finished three, didn't I? I was like, well, shit, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> Mind you, when this trailer started, I was just like, do I even? I know I beat Kingdom Hearts 3, but I don't remember anything that happened at the end of three other than that giant, like, heartless fight that you were surrounded by heartless. Like, that's the only thing that I remember well, from I that game. Well, I think Maleficent popped up with Pete and they were like looking for a box or something. Or oh, yeah. yeah. They ain't even talk about that box in this trailer. Wait, what? Anyway, I mean, they're not gonna, you know. It's gonna be, yeah. that box is going to be in Missing Link. Oh, okay. Oh. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just saying based oh, on okay. Kingdom Hearts storytelling, like, 
any information you need to know about this game will be in inside games and will be integral to understanding this game and you will be hurt by not playing any of them. You're absolutely right. Because that's where that's I was when I started Kingdom Hearts 3. I was just like, 365 over 2? What? What? What is this stuff? <laughs> Who are these people? Destiny learned well. Well, 365 over 2, it indicates 365 days seen through two eyes. Oh, that's what the two... Oh, okay. Two separate eyes, not two eyes. Because Roxas and Shion <laughs> are two halves of the same. It's, it's complicated. I wasn't here when you guys were talking about Kingdom Hearts 3, and so I'm just jumping into this atmosphere where people just don't like that game. I really like Kingdom Hearts 3. I think its ending isn't that strong. Like, in comparison to the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, which is one of like those high points of a video game franchise, I think the end yeah. of 3 is really anticlimactic. I didn't like the whole uh, RE mind situation of, let's remake the end of that game, but as DLC after the fact. I think that was Super Troll, and I think that's a direct result of what happened with Final Fantasy 15 in that development. That being said... I may be looking at the game with rose-colored glasses, but I just felt like 3 was very floaty as far as controls, and... They just shoehorned a lot of stuff in, like Frozen. I mean, it's not shoehorned. All the Disney stuff isn't shoehorned. I, like, I feel like Frozen was. How so? All you did was sing the damn song. I don't feel like it advanced the plot. <laughs> none, of, like, none, none of the Disney worlds have uh-huh. ever truly advanced the Kingdom Hearts stories. And this is my big thing with Kingdom Hearts 3, in that every other Kingdom Hearts game, I love the Kingdom Hearts part more than I like the Disney part. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 was a part where I generally loved the Disney stuff more than I liked the Kingdom Hearts stuff. I, like, think, I think for me, I wanted more Disney stuff than the Kingdom Hearts stuff in Kingdom Hearts 3. I think that was one of my sticking points because I, I generally liked the Disney stuff. I just felt that it wasn't there and it didn't really do much for the actual story of Kingdom Hearts. But I mean, that's what he just said. So yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because this game had a weird narrative issue where all the other Kingdom Hearts games, you're, you're searching for something. You're doing something else. This game is literally a story kind of rocking around through various Disney worlds, just kind of dealing with the after effects of something that's going on. There's no real agency. So, like, him visiting worlds really doesn't have, like, much impact on the narrative structure. Like Kingdom Hearts 1, looking for the uh, Princess of the Heart, or Kingdom Hearts 2, dealing with the organization. But, like, the biggest issue of Kingdom Hearts 3 is that... This is the first time that I recognize, man, if anyone didn't play Kingdom Hearts Key, which was the mobile game, this section with the Keyblade at the end of this game means absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> All right, so let's jump back to Kingdom Hearts 4 and what we saw. So in this trailer, uh, you have Sora sitting down on a couch, just finishing up a therapy session because his life has been crazy. and <laughs> Barefoot. But? Barefoot. He had no shoes on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Barefoot. I mean, yeah, you don't sit on the couch with your shoes and socks on. It was a casting couch. It's a different kind of game. Um and then the door opens and I'm like, ooh, it's uh Kyrie and then it's it's this other chick. Who who's this who's this lady? Uh, you know who's this lady? As far as I can remember, she's not any current Kingdom Hearts character. If mm-hmm. my understanding of the way Kingdom Hearts 3 ended, she's probably a character from the original Final Fantasy Versus 13 game. Uh-uh. It says her name is Strelitzia, and she first appears in Kingdom Hearts Union X. You nailed that name. Oh, yes. Okay, now I know she is. Fuck. Okay, that changes things then. Okay, go. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, and then she basically... 
uh, walks Sora outside, and Sora's like, "This is different," and I'm like, "This is a whole like normal looking city. Like, where is the where is the art? Where's the art direction?" And this is kind of where my heart started to sink a little bit because. As a Kingdom Heart like fan in a weird space, I really, really love the art style. And I think for me, that was one of my main draws to the series, other than like, oh, this is Final Fantasy meets Disney. I'm down with this. This is cool. This is fun. But I really love the art style. And to see them go more in the step of like Final Fantasy slash like realistic looking stuff, I was just like, all right, I, I don't know how I feel about this. But um the trailer um, picked up a bit because it showed actual people living actual lives. And then you see this dark hole start to form in the sky and you're like, Oh snap, something's about to happen. And then a heartless like kind of spawns out the ground or out the sky. And you're just like, Oh snap, this heartless is about to start squishing people. It didn't squish anybody. Should have squished people. It should have been blood everywhere. But no, this is kingdom hearts. They don't do that. And Sora was like, all right, bet I got something to do. I feel like this is just one world, a hyper-realistic world, just like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was. I'm looking at like the health bars and all that stuff, and they didn't change that. Yo, if that is the case, that would be so awesome, and that'd be a good, like... Uh, oh, that'd be so Metal cool. Gear Solid 2 kind of throw-off. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of this trailer, they show Disney... Er, Disney, Jesus. I, how did I mess up my own name? That is terrible. <laughs> DJ got zero on the SAT. Because regularly only a couple people call you Donald. That's true, too. Uh, every morning I look in the mirror and I say, Donald, you got this. How did I mess up my old name? That's terrible. Anyways, they show Donald and Goofy and they have the more traditional like Kingdom Hearts style. So you might really be on to something, Sean, with that. Like, uh, Wait, I don't I, think he's on to something. If that's how every Kingdom Hearts has sort of had to deal with stuff. I mean, like, I no, understand. Yeah, true. But I just I, like I think for the fact that like me as a person who knows Kingdom Hearts, I saw this like, oh, I guess this is just the style of the whole game now because of the whole like versus 13 and like what we saw there. So you forgot that Kingdom Hearts goes to a different world and each world has its own look and style aping the Disney world it's supposed to be on. Hey, it's been a long time since I've played Kingdom Hearts. Hey, it's been a long time since I've played Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay. Let me have this, Avery. Jesus. Oh, it released in 2019. I thought it was a lot later earlier than that oh my gosh i'm glad you had this john because you were correct you, you're just correcting dj for being weird <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean i'm gonna get it yeah yeah i i think um the cutscene that they showed uh sora engaging with the giant heartless was like super cool like he jumped he did this like charge attack that shot a drill into the chest of the heartless but the heartless doesn't have a heart so didn't really do any damage come on guy think dark souls like, where's the military where is the military? <laughs> That's a solid question. If my understanding on the architecture of where that fantasy that city is, it's Japan, which means they don't necessarily have a defense force. Yeah. Oh, they don't have any bullets. They just have batons. They just got crossing guards with the white gloves, sir, sir, to the left. <laughs> you're, in the, you're, you're disrupting traffic. They have a little bit of something, but yeah, nothing that's gonna handle that. Calling USA. <laughs> hey they got culture okay their culture's strong over there you know what i mean um yeah and then like 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 sora jumps through a building and it's like he's sliding through the building and then he like pops up the other end cool. and it's really cool like i i miss those kinds of action sequences yeah that was one of three's biggest failings yeah 
And like, it's, it's nice to see that like stuff like that is back. So I think the main question that we all can, you know, answer is at the end of this trailer, there was absolutely no mention of a release window release year or anything like that. When do you guys think this game is going to come out? PlayStation seven release. I don't think it's mm, (laughs) seven. I mean, if I'm reading this tea leaves of square and things they've talked about, I think this is a late 2023, possibly spring 2024 game. Do you think this is going to be before or after Final Fantasy 16? Uh, after. I think okay. we get 16 next year. If we don't get okay. it this year, we get it next year. Mm-hmm. 2027. I'm going to say mid to late 2024. But because of okay. like how fucked up video game development is, late 2024. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be the black sheep here. I'm gonna say January of 2023. Let's go. You're high. There's no way. There's, there's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> super, super high. They didn't even have English VO when they debuted it. Oh yeah. That's that uh that's that giraffe air he's breathing. <laughs> that air up there. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, as you can see, we are cautiously excited for Kingdom Hearts 4, except for Avery, who is just all the way excited for Kingdom Hearts 4. But, you know, Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts. So we're all going to buy it and play it. Maybe complain about it a little bit, but ultimately buy Kingdom Hearts 5. I'm going to buy and regret buy. I'm like, didn't finish 3. Why the fuck I did this to myself? <laughs> right. But hey, now you got time to finish 3, Jordan. Uh, you can do it. I can do it. Yeah, you, got, you definitely got it. All right. And that has been the heavy hitter. And now before we jump into what we've been playing, here's a word from our sponsors. It's us. Hey, everyone. Have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best laughs, latest news, most fire takes? Then we're going to need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, tell three people about the podcast. Could be strangers, could be friends, could be loved ones, hated ones. Who cares? Every little bit helps. After you've done that, please follow us on Facebook at Press X number two start, at Instagram at Press X number two start, and Twitter Press X number two S. And now on our YouTube page at Press X to start TV. If you've done all these things, well done. You're a real one. And now let us talk about the games we have been playing. All right, uh, Jordan, you can go ahead and just jump off and uh, start telling us about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Yes, I did purchase Lego Star Wars The Skywalker, Sky, the Skywalker Saga. <laughs> and yeah, I'm a huge fan of Lego, huge fan of Star Wars. I played the original lego star wars games back on like the xbox ps2 uh, when they came later in those console generation going into the 360 and stuff like that and yeah this is just a culmination of all that together though abbreviation of a few portions like you're not getting Mm. the entire like uh sequence of the phantom menace as comprehensive it is in the lego star wars Phantom Menace game, like the solid uh, game, like okay. it's like you, you're, you're getting the quick hits, yeah. To which every level seems like, huh? <laughs> I said we should get paid. They're using quick hits, <laughs> yeah. Quick hit. 
Like each each level that you get into, you can go back later uh, with other characters oh. to access different portions. Like this this game is a collectathon. Oh. You're trying to collect yeah. the various minifigures, no matter how obscure they are. That's why I did Boss Nass at the beginning of it. Do you know what Boss Nass is? You shouldn't, but he's able to be played and can be used. He's, he's the like king that. of the Gungans. He was played by, I want to say, Brian Blessed. He's that giant frog guy from the uh, mid to late section of Phantom Menace. Avery said, do you want the long form or the short form? <laughs> <laughs> it's spot on because like that's a part of the allure of the game itself to which you do have those characters that are like they have like that one moment or like some of them were introduced in legends well actually no i don't think there's any legends up in there if they weren't carried over into the canon but you can get characters that like super star wars fans would know and appreciate Mm. i was going to look up this character and i realized that i heard every word that avery said but I just couldn't figure out, like, all right, how do I look up this character? But I found <laughs> But I mean, in in terms of how I'm playing it, I'm 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 playing it, you know, like directly. Like I'm going going okay. to each level, and I'm just you know getting to the next scene, and you know doing little combat sections, a little space flight. Did you start sections with the prequel like and, and work your way through that. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You know, you start from one and at nine. That's how you do yeah. it. No matter how painful Phantom Menace and um, Attack of the Clones are. You struggle through that shit like a good Star Wars boy or gal should. And, um, <laughs> and then I'll double back to, mm. you know, collect the uh, Kyber, Kyber bricks or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did have the opportunity to play co-op and co-op is only locally now. You cannot play co-op online. Uh, there's a feature on Steam that allows you to like have like the dual shared thing or whatever that allows you to act like as if someone was in your presence playing a game with them. That's a feature gotcha. within Steam, but you know, for the the PS5 for Xbox Series X versions, and I, I don't know if this game is on the Switch or not, but it does not allow for online co-op, which is a bit of a downer. But I, I was able to play, you know, locally with someone, and that is PS5. You can do that though with SharePlay. You can hand yeah. them a virtual controller. Yeah. Would be a Steam, right? Yeah, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga is on Switch as well. Yeah. Oh. So it's like you can play it locally, you know, in like yeah. e- either the main console, you can play it locally with someone else. And that is what I would say the sandbox feel starts to come out because like there's various tricks you can do with another person that you can't do individually in the game. Mm-hmm. You can take control of certain characters if you're like a Jedi um, or, or Seth. You can, t- you can like mind control certain characters and, you know, just have v- different types of shenanigans. One thing that I did find overwhelming with this type of game is the amount of side quests they have within each area. And also really? one thing that they improved upon was the type of class system. So you have bounty hunters, scoundrels, heroes, Jedi, Sith, droids. Like they they have a, a more clear hierarchy to what characters can be used for when and where, which mm-hmm. makes it it makes it more accessible, basically. Yeah. Um, the game looks good. They did improve the fighting mechanics. Like that's one thing they they stated that was going to occur. I do feel it. Like you're able to. It's not full blown platinum fucking Devil May Cry bayonetta shit. No, <laughs> it's a Star Wars game. But you are able to chain attacks and you know like kind of have fun with it. I haven't got to a boss fight yet, uh, but okay. they're saying the boss fights can be a little sweaty, but not fucking Elder Ring sweaty. Get the fuck out of my face yeah. with that shit. They they can they, they the bosses are more involved now so you can't just you know like 
cheese your way through it. They have phases and shit. So it feels like a lot of work went into this. Uh, it was unfortunate that there is um, the, well, I think it was confirmed that there was crunch that went to this, you know, yeah. fairly stressful work environment. I'm sad that happened, but I will say that the product that I have, like the, the final product, um, though crunch should not have been a part of, in this situation, the final product was good. You know, like this, yeah. this was this was a fun game, and I'm like halfway through Phantom Menace right now, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. Okay, that's pretty cool. That that's uh, that's a good little uh, synopsis of of your your time with it. Oh, and the VO is good too. The VO, the voice acting, they 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 did a a new round of voice acting for this game specifically, and it's good so far. Because back then, Leo games, they'd be like, oh, they'd make grunts and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then they employed voice acting in later Leo games. But the voice acting in this Leo game is good. It feels like the okay. movies. Yeah, like I, I said, I was going to get it. I think I'm going to wait a little bit and probably get it a little later on in the year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, uh, let us jump into Sean. What you been playing? Uh, well, since you mentioned it earlier, I did play a little bit of Fortnite. I've been playing solo the no build mode um i've just been a wrecking face just a little bit because i don't think people are used to since they removed the building they're not used to people just running up in their face and just you know rushing um mm-hmm. only won like a few games whatever didn't play too much of it uh i downloaded the free game this month hood outlaws and legends that robin mm. hood game you know multiplayer game yeah. i played the uh tutorial and then I deleted it. <laughs> that shit is trash. <laughs> Even if it was free to play, I would want my money back. But is 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 that game multiplayer though? Is yeah, it multiplayer? it's a multiplayer game. Um, basically, you have I think four or five different people that you can play as, and they all have different attributes. I think uh, Little John is you know what berserk or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about here. <laughs> Robin, they had a a lady character. I don't remember her name. Like the game is forgettable, man. Apparently, it was running for three seasons, three or four seasons. Was her name uh, also Robin? Because that it could work. be sure. Um, <laughs> it was just not exciting to play. Um, yeah, because the gameplay loop. I didn't play it enough, but I could tell if you're just stealing, um, what stealing the gold from the sheriff, you know, and then cranking it like you. You, you you stealth your way into a <laughs> castle, and you know they have you use all of your different uh, characters, and you know some people can be invisible right in front of a person until they attack. Uh, yeah. Robin has the arrows, of course. Um, mm-hmm. You sneak in. You got to steal the key off of the sheriff or whoever. Open up the the vault. Get the chest full of gold, and then walk it to this crane that you have to crank the gold out of the area, and you just pretty much just hold X. You have to actually crank. Okay, that would have been more interesting. You literally just hold X, and um, yeah, I think it does it automatically, but it just takes a long ass time. It's kind of like yeah, um, yeah. Like I want to say yes, like division when you have mm-hmm. to get the uh the loot out of there, but it's like yeah. okay, so everywhere just has a crank convenient <laughs> there for you to steal the gold, and you know. As you're cranking it, you know, you have to defend it. And then, you know, two people can crank it to make it go faster. I'm just like this. Mm. This shit is whack. All right. Okay. Got, and they're selling micro. I, I don't know. I don't know how that yeah. community sustains. Whatever. 
Um, and then I played the other free game, Slate Aspire, which for some reason I cannot put down. Um, <laughs> it's that, I don't know. It's a it's a roguelike game where it's turn based, and you pick mm-hmm. cards to attack uh, the different monsters and what have you. And um, I don't know why, but this is more interesting than Hood was to me, and I've been playing it ever since. Well, I think one of the core differences is Hood is a game that, frankly, didn't review well. Uh-huh. Uh, and Slater Spire is a game that I think, I remember two to three years ago, like one of my coworkers just playing it at work and being like, this game is fucking the truth. And I'm like, that's a game that people talk about as a really yeah. good game. It, it um, has an 89 on Metacritic. Yeah, um, you yeah. have, at least from what I see so far, about four different characters. They get different attack cards, kind of. Um, but the loop is you just have branching paths that you choose and you can see the path before you choose it. You either have a monster or like a merchant, uh, mm. bonfire to rest at until you get to like the main boss of that area. And uh, you unlock more attack cards, you know, different attacks and what have you and defense and magic and all that stuff. Each run. Gotcha. And um, it just has my attention for now. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. Nice. So yeah. in terms of what's what's the in terms of the addictive quality of the game for you, is it that you enjoy the gameplay? Is it the uh, not, not the repetitive, but like the the never ending of it that that's really getting you like where you at? I don't know how to explain this. I, it may be the cards. I mean, it's not even like flashy attacks. It's, it's yeah. literally like. Pokemon, you know, Game Boy style attacks where, you know, okay. the character just kind of shuffles two inches like, yeah. <laughs> forward really fast and clink, clink, you know. Um, it, may, it may be the strategy of it. It's kind of like a, it's, a, it's a turn-based roguelike game. It's the strategy. Um, there are times when you feel like you're going to die, but then you can apply like vulnerability to the enemy and they'll take 50% more damage or mm. you'll have different stances where you'll do double damage, but also take more damage and Vice versa, stuff like that. Um, okay. I don't know. Give it, check it out. Cool. But don't even bother downloading Hood. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, SpongeBob was also free. I may check that out. Okay. So you should press X on Hood Outlaws and Legends if you're planning on deleting the game. <laughs> I, I I don't even normally delete something that quickly. I was just like, yeah, get this, get this shit out of here. <laughs> Avery, what you been playing? Well, uh, first things first. Currently, uh, we're on map two of uh, VCT Crew versus TL. Uh, surprisingly, Crew is beating TL on ascent. Uh, Vamos, Crew. I was not expecting this outcome after them getting stomped on Fracture, but we'll see how this goes. But I mean, I've been playing the exact same game I've been playing for the last fucking two months. Elden Ring. <laughs> So, so, so minus the commentary, where are you at with Elden Ring? Uh, apparently 50%. <laughs> hey, congratulations. How'd you, how'd you progress? Like, okay. So in the, the Atlas Plateau is separated into three sections. There's a main Atlas Plateau where there's an uh, earth tree in the center of it. You can't miss it. Uh, then to the left, there's an entire, I guess, fire mountain level. That's um, buoyed yeah. by the volcano manor. And to the West, there is a place called the, the Lindell capital. Both of them have bosses. Only one of them is mandatory for the story to complete. And so, oh, unfortunately, okay. both those missions are intertwined in a way that's actually kind of confusing. Because it's part of the Volcano Mountain thing that you can't do until you do Lindell Capital. But if you go too far in Lindell Capital, you'll cancel out everything in the Volcano Manor. 
Long story short, I had to fight two bosses. One of them is actually just a uh, spoiler. Margit, the first real boss of the game, but his real form, which is yeah. just, I'm not going to lie. I literally sleepwalk through that fight. And then I thought that was his brother or his twin or something like that. No, it's Margit. It, the, uh, the, the lore of Elden Ring is that he, I'm not going to explain it because it, it requires me fucking write a fucking essay to explain why there's Margit and Margot and how they're the same person. Uh, uh, and just then like how Malachi and, and the last person, Michaela, are the same pe- yeah, and Michaela, they're the same person. Who I don't know, whatever, never mind, never mind. I get what he's trying to say. Um, Marika, you mean Marika and Radigan? Yeah, there we go. Yes, well, yeah. The, the, the lore is confusing on whether they're the exact same person, but I, I have okay. my theories. But long story short, Volcano Manor has one of the dumbest boss fights in the entire game. Like, if Radon was one of the coolest, this one sucks. It's like a giant snake monster that can hit you from halfway across the map and he creates a ball of fire around him. So you can't even walk up. If you're a melee class, you can't even get close to him. Literally, yeah. the only way to beat him is with a really, really dumb, like, there's a random spear in the middle of the map, well, not to the side of the map you can pick up that can hit this uh, boss from a distance. But I'm like, that's really cringe. I don't want to use a spear. I have a fucking plus 24 katana. Let me use katana. Yeah. I can't wait to get to that boss. <laughs> I actually saw a video of that boss fight and I was just like, I forget who was playing, but like they had magic, so they were fighting at range. I was like, there is no way that this is going to be feasible with just melee. Like, this is so it's, like it's possible. Like the first time I fought him, I beat the first form with just my uh katana at close range. But then there was okay. a second form, I didn't have enough uh flash to sustain myself through the second form. So I just yeah. said, fuck it, I'll be in my second time by just playing the spear. Like, the reason I didn't want to use the spear was I have a plus 24 katana with bleed. Like, I can cut through him like a hot knife through butter. But, like, right. this is a random spear that's stronger with strength. And I only have a 16 to strength when I have a 70 something to fucking debt. So I'm like, <laughs> why would I use the spear? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is that it? Is that, is that, you got, I mean, you got more to say? I am. Uh, if I don't troll, I should have the game beaten by next week. Okay. That's how much of the game I think I have left. And that's me not yeah. doing all the side stuff as well. Yeah. Okay. As for me, I have, it's, I've really been kind of, I mean, you know, Gundam is a constant. Anytime I don't talk about Gundam it's because I play it and it's just a constant in my life. Um, but I put down Genshin Impact for a while to, uh, have time for Elden Ring and I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between Genshin and Elden. And I think it's, it's actually a very interesting kind of like uh, comparison of open world styles is just because there's points of Elden Ring that's like super beautiful. And then there are points of Elden Ring. And I'm just like, this looks like a PlayStation two game. Like what is happening right now? I mean, they said that initially that they weren't going for high graphical fidelity. But it, it's weird, though, because, like, for example, the boss fight that um, Avery was just talking about, like, that boss looks crazy. From afar in motion. I guarantee you if they had a photo mode. <laughs> it's, like, super close. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, me going back and forth between uh, Genshin and Elden has been, like, a, a treat in itself. But in terms of Elden, where I'm at, like, I've I've gotten to the build that I kind of want where... I have a plus, 
I'm not at like a plus 24 with my katana. I think it's like plus 10 or something, my katana. And then I have the magic sword at plus like eight or 10. I think it's also at 10. I don't know. Anyways, I have my katana. I have my magic sword. And then my shield, I have the jellyfish shield that like increases your attack to like plus like 9% or something. And then I've also thrown some more points into magic where I can um, create the, what's the, the, fla- the phalanx of mm-hmm. magic swords that float and they attack whatever that's closest to you or whatever. Oh, it is Virgil's spectral swords from the Devil May Cry series. Oh. <laughs> that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I, I'm at the point where like I got my build. I'm probably going to respect my character to kind of tweak the points that I have. I'm, I'm at 120 now level wise, but I threw points in strength because I don't, I don't know why I was throwing points in strength. I thought like I needed it for something, but you're trying to make that bill for that stupid sword at the beginning of the game. No, well, this, the sword only needs 12 strength. My strength is like 24 or something. Oh, and I, like, I, exactly. I have, I have no idea why I was putting points in strength. <laughs> like it boggles my mind that I'm here. I'm just like, I have these points that I could use for other stuff and it's in strength. And why it's in strength? Anyways, anyways. So I, I got like four of the larval tiers. So I'm going to respect my character at some point and like really figure myself out. But I think I've officially hit the wall of, I think I might officially put Elden Ring down for a bit. But my problem is that if I put Elden Ring down now, I am right. so far into the game. Yeah, I'm going to screw myself when I come back to it. Cause I'm gonna be like, I don't know how to do this. Anytime I fight a person, they're freaking throwing me across the stage and killing me at the same time. Like, I don't know what's happening. So I got to figure out, like, I can either try and mainline it, like just throw points into decks and just drop the magic and just, you know, get through the game. Or I can try to, you know, pace through this thing and, and just... I need to get back into it at some point. Yeah. I think I found that place that Sean was going for farming. I think I found it on accident. Yeah. Is it underground? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a bunch of the sleeping... Yeah, albinics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I go there every now and then to get, like, a point or two. And it's, uh, yeah, so overall, like, I'm still, you know, plotting through the game. I got to the Lindell capital. I haven't gotten into the city area or whatever, but I'm still, like, outside of it kind of going around and stuff. I think one of the side of grace is pointing me to go into the direction to actually get into the capital, but I haven't, I haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, I mean... I think I need to go fight a boss because I think for me, the open world by itself is I'm at the point where I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Mm. So I think the only like surprise that I'm going to get is fighting bosses. Because like, I've been doing the catacombs and stuff, but it's just like, all right, this is kind of the and, same and that's stuff. The, and yeah, and that's the problem with fighting bosses. The only bosses where you're truly going to get unique like interesting experience at that point in the game is fighting these story bosses because everything else is going to be a reskin of an enemy you've seen before or even better two of an enemy you've already seen before so i hope you have fun doing that ah i am so excited to completely skip that (laughs) and oh uh the, the last thing before we wrap this up is that um i have gotten this far into the game and i just realize that oh i should go check these greater ruin things out that i got from um what godfrey and and yeah. radon yeah so like i wasn't using any of that stuff 
for <laughs> my entire time playing this game. I, mean, I haven't used it either. You don't really. Yeah. It's a risk reward situation because to getting them is easy in so much as you beat the boss, you get the rune, then you light it. And for the most part, outside of I think the fucking uh, Radon one is kind of dumb because you have to jump up a platforming puzzle to activate it. But uh, for the most part, the only way to get the passive effect is to use a rune arc, which you yeah. instantly lose if you die. And so yeah. you're going up against a yeah. tough foe. It's like, do you risk the reward of burning through rune arcs, which I'm not even sure. Like in Dark Souls, you could farm humanities. I'm not sure if you can farm rune arcs in this game. So I think there's um, maybe a finite amount. So yeah, and that's what that's what kind of confused me too. Because just like, all right, well, I have to journey through to actually activate this thing that I got from the boss. But then to actually activate it, I have to spend an item. And I'm just like, what? What's the what's the point? <laughs> like, just either give it to me or don't give it to me. Like, yeah, anyways. But yeah, that that's been my time with this game and where I'm at <sighs> mentally. All right, um, I think we did it. I think we nailed this episode to the wall, and we can consider it a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoy making it. Don't forget to rate and review on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell on your favorite YouTube channel. That's not IGN's channel. That's our channel. So make sure you do that. If you miss any of this, you can find all details and more on the award-winning podcast website at pressxnumber2start.com. Until next time, where we'll be talking about, of course, games, the latest news, and we'll probably be reviewing um, Elden Ring. Yours, or I guess, I guess Avery will be reviewing Elden Ring, and we'll just, you know, sit there and ask him questions about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's us. It's Press X to Start Podcast. Uh, you be safe. You take care. You wash your hands. And remember, you be good. And if you can't be good, don't ruin another person's day.